Hello and welcome to the Otter Podcast. I'm your host, Madison Page, and today we're going to talk about a man who uses shopping carts to carry more than just his groceries, and it's pretty gruesome. Today on the Otter Side, we are looking into a killer whose victims are still being accounted for. So strap in and let's go. Welcome everyone. I did want to open this episode with a bit of a disclaimer. We are going to be discussing a serial killer today and there are descriptions of death and the mentions of assault which may be uncomfortable for some listeners so viewer discretion is advised. We are tackling an interesting case as this one is still ongoing. Today we talk about Anthony Robinson, the shopping cart killer. Let's take a little mental walk together. Let's imagine it's a lovely summer morning in early September. The sun is shining and there is a nice little breeze. You're having a delicious coffee or maybe a tea and you got plenty of sleep last night. Everything is calm in the world as you take a walk along a wooded area not far from Union Station. You wander along, maybe listening to a podcast or music, and you look over and notice a shopping cart down the bank in the woods. Now this is obviously not the usual place to find one, but you are not the shopping cart police. However, you do notice the cart is not empty and seems to have contents covered by a blanket. Your curiosity gets the better of you and you skid down the bank to see what the shopping cart contains. Unfortunately, when you pull back the blanket, you are met not with trash or stolen merchandise. You are instead met with a gut-wrenching sight of a woman, dead, in the cart. Unfortunately for one unnamed passerby, this was a very real situation on September 7th in Washington, D.C. Things would only get worse when five months later, the woman in the shopping cart would be linked to the deaths of four others and the sick mind of one serial killer. The first two victims of this killer were found on November 24th, 2021. The bodies were found in a trash can hidden in a vacant lot in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Now, there is some varying info here with some sources reporting that they were found together and some sources reporting they were found separate. But what is certain is that the women had died at different times. The police were able to identify the bodies as those belonging to Aileen Elizabeth Redman, or Beth, of Harrisonburg and Tonita Larice Smith of Charlottesville. Beth Redman was 54 when she was murdered. Her daughter, Amanda Ray, recalled texting her mother on the night of October 24th. She said, she told me she was watching football. I asked her where she was. She said the Howard Johnson. Then when I asked who she was with, she told me none of my business. And when I asked which room, she said none of my business. I figured she was out with a friend and she just didn't want to tell me. Unfortunately, Redman was watching football with her soon-to-be murderer. The scariest part of this exchange is we don't even know if it was Redmond or if it was her murderer impersonating her. Tonita Larice Smith was 39 and she was affectionately called Nita. She had six children at home. She was reported missing on November 19th after not being seen since the 14th. Although the exact cause of death has not been released, the police did report that both victims were found with blunt force trauma. Police were able to obtain video footage from around the lot showing the perpetrator moving the bodies using a shopping cart. They would go on to dub this man the shopping cart killer. Fortunately, it didn't take long for them to pinpoint their man. 
Harrisonburg police arrested DC resident Anthony Eugene Robinson. This would normally be a celebrated thing, a victory, the killer is caught, he can kill no more. Unfortunately, the evil of this man lay not in what he could do, but what he had already done. The police would soon find not just two bodies connected to Robinson, but a trail of them. Now before we go any further, please understand that this is a developing case. A lot of details are unknown or not released as the trial hasn't even commenced yet. But I think there's an important lesson to be learned from an unfinished case. A lot of serial killer cases are solved and finished and tied with a neat bow. They happened in the before and we all feel safe behind our screens and modern technology. 911 is on speed dial. Our phones are tracking our locations and everything is recorded. But serial killers still exist. They still hunt and they still kill. The modern era is not as safe as we are made to feel it is. I'm not knocking tech or being all these damn kids on their phones, but I just want to impress on you to be safe and be careful. Scarily enough, this particular killer uses a modern social technological marvel that almost all of us have used at some point to hunt his victims. The Humble Bumble, a well-known and well-liked dating site, is worth a staggering $8 billion. Grindr, the special place for gay men, is now worth $620 million. And the love online giant Match.com, which owns Tinder, Hinge, OkCupid, and Plenty of Fish, is worth a staggering, stuttering, knee-dropping $45 billion. What I'm illustrating is that online dating and hookup sites are a mass industry and used and loved by many. Easy, efficient, and often touted as safer than traditional dating methods, downloading an app, swiping right a few times, and sending a text has become the modern matchmaker for those seeking love, friendship, or just a good time between consenting adults. However, even here, danger lurks around every corner. In 2019, 39% of heterosexual American couples had met through online dating. The number has continued to rise, and so has the number of cybercrime, romance fraud, and violent crime attached to online dating. Crimes stemming from a right swipe swing the spectrum from scammers looking to steal money, see the tender swindler on Netflix, it's pretty good, to assault, sex crimes, and kidnapping, and unfortunately, murder. Online dating has become a new kind of hunting ground, and Anthony Robinson was more than happy to bait his hook. Police believe that Robinson used dating apps, Plenty of Fish, and Tagged to meet his victims. Now, Plenty of Fish is pretty recognizable. Tag is a not-so-well-known dating site, but it's kind of similar to Tinder. They would chat online before he would invite them to meet him at a hotel. Now here's where things get kind of fuzzy. The police have not released his conversations between the victims and himself. They haven't really given us an idea of how they narrowed it down to him apart from the fact that cell phone records show the victim and Robinson being in the same area shortly before their deaths. They also haven't released much of what they think happened to these women in these hotel rooms. According to Fairfax Police Chief Kevin Davis, these women were lured to hotel rooms where they were attacked, killed, and then their bodies were moved via shopping carts to the dump site. Robinson was quickly arrested after the discovery of Smith and Redmond. Now the how and why they were able to find him is not really known. However, more victims would soon come to light. 
Cheyenne Brown was 29 years old, a mother of one, and was almost five months pregnant with her second child when she was last seen on September 30th, 2021. DC Metropolitan Police tracked Cheyenne to a metro station where she rode from Washington, DC to the Huntington Metro stop. Video footage and cellular data confirmed that Cheyenne met up with a man at the station. That man would later be identified as Anthony Robinson. Police believe Cheyenne went with Robinson to the Moon Inn Hotel. Records would show they checked in together. What happened at the hotel is either not known or has yet to be released, but Brown would not leave the inn alive. Her body would later be found by Fairfax police in a container next to a Target shopping cart. She was identified using a distinctive tattoo of her name. Unfortunately, her body wasn't the only one in the container. 48-year-old Stephanie Harrison of Redding, California was a mother of three with seven grandchildren. She was in Washington, D.C. sightseeing. She was reported missing in August of 2021 when she had not contacted her children in some time. Her daughter reported this as being extremely out of character as she would call them daily to chat. On January 7th, she would receive the terrible call that the second body in the container was her mother. So far, Video footage, cell phone data, and communications on online dating apps have placed four victims into the hands of Robinson. Chillingly, police would soon face with the reality of Robinson's life. He was transient with no permanent address. He moved from place to place and did odd jobs. While he had no recorded criminal history, this did not mean he had no other crimes. With four women dead at his hands, they had to confront the fact that more victims were likely possible, and with the range of dating apps, online chat rooms, and other social media sources, finding all of the possible victims of Robinson would be a task that would possibly never be concluded. They were faced with this when the body covered in a blanket, found in a shopping cart near Union Station, was brought to their attention. This body predated all the others and was found on September 7th in Washington, D.C. Her name was Sonia Champ. She was 40 years old. The fact that Champ's body was found before the others gave credence to the public fear about the unknown number of victims of Anthony Robinson. Anthony Robinson is being held at the Rockingham County Adult Detention Center. He is facing charges of first-degree murder and concealing, transporting, and altering a dead body. These charges are anticipated to develop as police search for more possible victims. Nobody knows why he did it or how he selected his victims. As evidence is released and the trial commences, more details may become available. Presently, the families of the women are awaiting their day in court and the justice for their loved ones. For now, they remember them fondly. Cheyenne Brown's mom, Nicandra, sees her daughter in the son Juan she left behind. He has the same heart like his mom, she said. It's like she's still here with us. She's still here with us through him. An often unmentioned sixth victim of Robinson is Brown's unborn baby. She was almost five months pregnant at the time of her death. Destiny Livingston remembers her mom, Stephanie Harrison, as a family-oriented woman. Quote, she was a beautiful, kind soul. She put everyone before herself. She would drop anything she was doing if you called and needed her help. She would give you her last dime if you needed it. She would honor her mother by getting married on her birthday, November 9th. Beth Redmond's daughter struggled to find a way to tell her son of his grandmother's passing. He missed her terribly when his birthday passed on December 10th. 
She said of her mother, quote, My mom just had a really good heart. She would do anything for people. She was always acting like she didn't have any friends, but to see all of these people who have reached out, it's like, Mom, you definitely did. You definitely touched a lot of people. Nita Smith family had already suffered great loss before her passing. Her niece, Sage Smith, went missing nine years ago on November 20th. She has never been found. The prime suspect in her disappearance has also disappeared without a trace. Shortly before getting the news of her passing, the family lost another member as her aunt tragically died. Her children are in the care of family members as they try to navigate the future. Sonia Champ's mother, Norma Harrison, said she is at peace with it now because now she knows what really happened to her daughter. She described Champ as a sweet person who was introverted but loved being around family and helping others. The Moon Inn, the often-reported hub of Robinson's crime, has also suffered greatly. Owner Nasir Wagi reported that the inn had already been devastated by the COVID-19 pandemic. Following the investigation, he is trying to sell the property. His employees are even scared to work there because there has been talk of a possible accomplice to Robinson, although the police are not looking for anyone additional. He reported that he found at least six days by Robinson in the bags and bags of receipts he handed over to the police. Police have found more people who have interacted with Robinson and continue to compile evidence. As this progresses, we don't know how many more online profiles or bodies may be linked to him. Well, that's it for the shopping cart killer. As this case continues to develop, I'll update you on future true crime episodes. A common question that floats around is whether or not Robinson would be capable of doing this alone. So what do you think? Do you think he had a partner? Do you think there are more victims? Let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and leave a review. The Otter Podcast posts every other Thursday. If you have a suggestion for a subject on the podcast, you can email us at theotterpod at gmail.com. All music featured in this episode comes from incomputech.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on The Otter Side. Thank you.